Hey, beer lovers, welcome to today's episode. We are launching our new undiscovered craft beer city today, and it is Houston, Texas, the Bayou City. I am so excited to share these beers with you today that we're drinking from 8th Wonder Brewery. We're going to be tasting their rocket fuel Vietnamese coffee porter and their high grade West Coast IPA. We're also going to be speaking with the president and co founder over at 8th Wonder. Wonder Brewery named Ryan Soroka. He was an amazing guest and Eighth Wonder was one of my favorite breweries that I visited in Houston. Stay tuned to find out why. Welcome to the Bruise Less Traveled Podcast and Beer Club. I'm your craft beer loving host, Molly Lamb. Grab your Stetsons and cowboy hat because we have headed west to Houston, Texas. And I am here with my co-host, Glenn. I am so excited to have Glenn here. He also has his own podcast called The Beer Avengers, which you've probably heard me talk about. Glenn is also a good buddy of mine from my days living in New York City. So I could not be more thrilled to have Glenn here. How you doing? Glenn, you want to say hello? Uh, hi. Uh, hi, everyone. Hi, Molly. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here as well. Uh, to give you a little bit of background about myself, uh, I, I'm an actor, but I've also been uh, seriously pursuing this hobby of beer for quite some time. Yeah, the Beer Avengers started out, uh, I guess our, our blog dates back to 2014. We've been recording that for the better part of a year. But even before that, I, uh, I, I've, I've I've long been conducting my own personal independent study uh, on beer. To give you an example, uh, my untapped profile lists, I've got 1,330 unique beers listed, logged in on there. And if uh, if any of you don't know what that is, we might be able to get into that later. For those of you who do know what that is, please feel free to uh, log in these beers on untapped so people know what we're doing and, and maybe more people want to join our party as things go along. We also have a great guest tonight. We have Ryan Soroka, the president and co-founder at 8th Wonder Brewery and Distillery in Houston. This was actually my favorite brewery that I visited in Houston. I always kind of pick a favorite each month and, you know, like, sorry to the ones who I don't pick. It's not that I don't like you. I just always pick a favorite. There's always one that I really, really love. And I loved 8th Wonder, so I'm super pumped that we are kicking off with them. I'll tell you guys a little bit more later why it was my favorite, but super pumped to have Ryan on in a little while. It's going to be awesome. Excellent. Yeah, we're going to be tasting some really great beers from 8th Wonder, uh, including this is the one I'm, I mean, you, you said I, I'm not ashamed to pick favorites here either. I'm really looking forward to the Rocket Fuel Vietnamese Coffee Porter and High Grade, which is their West Coast IPA. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm super pumped for the, the Coffee Porter, too. But yeah, can't go wrong with an IPA. Houston was a cool, cool city. I really loved it. I mean, it's just, you know, it's a big city. Like, you know, it's kind of the downtown area sort of looks like any other big city. I wish I could have visited some other fun little neighborhoods, but it's a really beautiful city and everyone was so nice there. Glenn, let's go ahead and crack open a beer. I'm thinking let's start with the high grade West Coast IPA. I'm with you on that. Let's do Yeah, let's go ahead and open this bad one up. I'm going to use a lovely tulip glass here. Which oh, is me my- too. Oh, love it. Here we are. We match. <laughs> Oh, we do have matching glasses. I love that. (laughs) Captain Porter. It's my favorite shape for glass. Oh, yeah. Yeah, me too. I know I didn't get that in the survey yet, but this is my favorite. Yeah, Um, me too. Cheers. 
Cheers. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's it's a real, uh, real classic hop forward West Coast IPA. And a little bit more about this beer. So this one clocks in at 7% ABV. It's got 60 IBUs and it's a nice sort of bitter West Coast IPA, but it's not aggressively bitter. It's brewed with Amarillo, Centennial, Simcoe, and Columbus Citra hops or cryo hops. It's extremely kind of like dank and pungent. And it's got kind of like a piney quality to it. Yeah, I'm getting that as well. It's uh, you're right. It's uh, it it definitely has that 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 hot bitterness, but it's uh, it's also very smooth. Has a nice finish. I feel like a lot of places that were really into making super bitter West Coast IPAs or super juicy New England IPAs, I feel like now they're finding a little bit of a balance. Mm-hmm with them. This beer feels pretty balanced. I do love, I I love all IPAs. Really. I I have love in my heart for both of them. This one's really nice because you get that sort of dank, pungent, resiny, piney quality. We love in a classic American sort of West coast IPA, but it's not aggressively bitter. I'm really enjoying this. This is a nice start. Yeah, Yeah, me too. I, I, I don't have these all the time, but this is a really, really good version of it. Yeah, I don't think everyone knows, but uh, Glenn, my lovely co-host this month, his nickname on the Beer Avengers, his podcast <laughs> that he hosts that I've been a guest on, is Captain Porter Brown Stout. So he is a, a stout porter man. I'm a stout porter woman. I really, really love the dark beers. I'm also, you know, I'm the Dunkel Dame. So, you know, I'm a big lager fan. I'm a big German beer fan. So I do typically drink the darker lagers. So I'm excited that we're going to get to open a porter in a little while together, Glenn. Me too. Yeah, I uh, I was talking the other day to some of the other beer vendors about uh, how one of the bonuses of signing on to Brews Less Traveled is actually finding out the identity of the beer vendors because we don't say our real names on that show. So this is uh, this is a special in you get here. <laughs> We've had a lot of the beer vendors on. We've had. I know. I've listened. Yeah. Yeah. Who was my co-host for Lexington. We had Mike, who was my co-host for Knoxville. So, Glenn, how was your Thanksgiving? I can't believe it was about a week ago. It feels like it was almost a month ago. It was, I would say, uh, aside from it being in a restaurant and the fact that I had steak instead of turkey, it was probably the most conventional Thanksgiving I've had in years. Uh, I was here in New York uh, and uh, my father and my sister and my brother-in-law all came here and uh, we went out to a lovely place in downtown Manhattan and had a, had a wonderful Thanksgiving dinner together. What restaurant did you go to? Francis Tavern. Oh, I've a place that, that has also has excellent beer as well. Yeah, it's an old uh, Revolutionary War uh, era uh, site. They've even got a little museum in there as well. But they also have these incredible beers. I had uh, had a, a couple of really nice barrel aged ones. And uh, yeah, I did, I, did, I did not have wine with my filet mignon. I had dark beer because I am Captain Porter Brown staff. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I had a really great Belgian triple with my turkey. I hosted and it was super fun. I haven't really hosted before, but I, I mean, I'm I'm not a cook. It's not really my holiday. I love Thanksgiving, but yeah, I'm not a cook. I um, had a few people to my apartment and I picked up food from Whole Foods, had it pre-ordered. It was absolutely delicious. Really, really good. Great turkey. Had Yeah, I had a nice Belgian beer. Um, 
I started the day with Aperol spritzes though. So I did not do Very beer to start the day, but then yeah, I had beer with my food and it was really lovely. I had a really good Thanksgiving and I hope everyone tuning in also had a great Thanksgiving. Yes. Yeah. But let's learn, let's learn a little bit more about Eighth Wonder. All of our beer club members got these fun brewery cards that tell fun facts about the brewery. So Eighth Wonder, the Houston Astrodome opened in 1965 and was dubbed the Eighth Wonder of the World. Its opening coincided with Houston's launch into the global spotlight and is Eighth Wonder's namesake. So that's kind of a fun fact. The second one is the brewery accidentally dry hopped its rocket fuel Vietnamese coffee porter once. That's the beer we're tasting. So they accidentally dry hopped it. That's kind of amazing. So the brew turned out, quote, all right, according to one of the owners and was served in the tap room. And some customers actually still requested. I think that's really fun. And uh, yeah, I know. I love when mistakes can kind of turn into happy accidents. Right, right. And they uh, they started brewing back in 2013 in uh, also dome shaped warehouse. I think it's fascinating. The fact that it's about the Astrodome and even the warehouse they're in was shaped like a dome. And on top of that, and then in 2018, they opened a distillery as well, one street from the brewery, which has really wonderful cocktails in addition to their uh, very, uh, shall we say, ambitious beer styles. They're ambitious, but they're they're like ambitious versions of traditional beers, mostly that, that I was looking at, at least from what, has, I, what I was able to peruse. I'm sure, uh, I'm sure we'll be hearing more about that later. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's a super fun spot. This was my first stop when I got to Houston. I had a delicious alt beer when I was there. Ooh. They also host a super fun artist market in their backyard on the weekends at 8th Wonder. I definitely did some shopping. There was about a dozen vendors there. Super fun. Plus a few food trucks. I had some amazing birria tacos, which Ooh. actually paired great with my alt beer. Yeah, it goes great with food. We're going to share a couple fun things to do in Houston. So if you're a space fanatic, you'll love the Space Center Houston. It's a science museum, which is actually also the official visitor center of NASA Johnson Space Center in Houston. It earned a place at the Smithsonian Affiliate Museum in 2014. The organization is owned by NASA and opened in 1992, and it's open every day from 10 to 5. So super Super fun to check that out. Yeah, I was, uh, I was, I was, I'm glad to hear about all these things. I really should have done a little bit more research on this because I thought I'd go check it out. And next thing you know, it turned out I was actually on Houston Street in Manhattan. Totally different vibe there. Spelled the same way, not the same place at all. But uh, you know, Houston, Texas has a really cool underground tunnel system, which is actually North America's largest underground tunnel system. Stretches for more than seven and a half miles. Now, walking tours of the area, guests learn all about Houston's interesting history and see firsthand. Just how these various these basically bunkers purposes and what they've how they've transformed over time and become, you know, what what they what they're using them for now. That is so cool to me. I really wish I could have done that. Oh, you never didn't go into any of the underground bunkers there? No, I'm so busy going to breweries when I'm. Well, there, yeah, I mean, there's is... so many of them. It, didn't it, see? There's like I know this map they gave us have something like 18 breweries in a in an area, but altogether, I believe there's something like 59 different breweries in Houston alone. Yes, there is. There's a ton. I know. Yeah. Yeah. My trips are always really short. I don't really have time to go do all of these things, but it's fun to get to research them. <laughs> yeah. 
let's open up the second beer, the Rocket Fuel Vietnamese Coffee Porter. I love it. Speaking of space, really fun can art here with a rocket ship. And I love that they use the color red. I feel like you don't see red in a can a lot. That is true. You know? Oh, she's dark and lovely. She is indeed. Mm, oh, man. Cheers. Mm, cheers. Come pie. Houston, we have liftoff. Oh, that's really nice. I, I also noticed if you wanted a higher ABV, I noticed on their website that they have a barrel aged version of this one that is occasionally released or maybe has occasionally been released that has double the ABV of this one. I saw that too. They have really cool beers at Eighth Wonder. I'm excited to yeah. talk about it. Okay. This is my favorite. I love yeah. it. Me too. This yeah. is so, so good. I mean, the IPA is delicious, but like mm-hmm. it's an IPA. This feels a little more unique to me. I really get a little bit of that coffee on the finish, but it's not overly bitter. It actually has sort of a plush mouth feel to me. And, and I feel that 5.5%, it just has that nice, uh, it, it, that nice mix of it. It's definitely more full bodied than say uh, a, a Schwarzbier, a black lager, but, but it has a really, it's, it's, it is a little more light bodied than some of those, uh, those high ABV ones we're talking about. And this is Houston's original Vietnamese coffee porter. So I'm guessing that means it was maybe the first one brewed. It was a collab with Greenway Coffee Company. And this porter, it's infused with cold brew coffee and a little bit of milk sugar. So it's got a touch of lactose in there. A pleasantly robust dark roast, really complemented by subtle sort of creamy sweetness. And really mm-hmm. prepare yourself for a delicious liftoff with this one, I would say. Yes. This beer has a great aroma. It's not very bitter. Super tasty. Really nice. Yes, yeah, sometimes a coffee beer, like a coffee porter especially, or a stout, can almost be a little overpowering. Sure. This one is very approachable. I love it. But I am ready to welcome on our guest today, Ryan Soroka, the president and co-founder at Eighth Wonder Brewery and Distillery. Ryan, how are you? Doing great. Thank you all for having me. I'm doing well. Ryan, we love to start off by asking our guests their craft beer origin story. Can you tell us yours? Yes. Um, Well... I began as a home brewer. Um, I'm born and raised in Houston, Texas, and I actually went to college in New Orleans. So my first experience with craft beer was both St. Arnold, based here in Houston, and Texas's oldest uh, craft brewery, and much love and uh, appreciation to St. Arnold. They've been very supportive of us and the rest of the industry as a whole, and as well as Abita. Uh, being that I went to college in New Orleans. So uh, I drank some some pretty good beer early on. Uh, I, early on, I seeked beer that had flavor and was tasty and quality. Um, so I was naturally drawn to these independent craft brewers. Uh, and as I mentioned, uh, St. Arnold and Abita were definitely uh, kind of my early introductions. But I, of course, have to, you know, give some appreciation and credit where it's due. Uh, Shiner was also plentiful where I'm from. And uh, New Belgium Fat Tire definitely made its uh, its way into my, my dorm room fridge. But... Um, you know, I started home brewing junior year of college. Uh, all my friends went abroad. 
I had to find a hobby. So I learned how to brew beer. And um, that hobby of mine grew into a business uh, today. That's awesome. Yes, I used to love New Belgium Fat Tire, but it was like one of my favorite beers when I was younger, just getting into craft beer. So that was very nostalgic for you to mention Absolutely. that. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about the formation of Eighth Wonder. Yes, of course. So um, as, as I mentioned, I was a home brewer um, and that was my junior year in college. And after I graduated college, I moved back to Houston. I actually got a job in finance, um, exciting mid-market consulting, but I kept up with my home brewing hobby and I'd pretty much brew once or twice a month um, and just was really into it. I enjoyed it. It was uh, a nice rewarding hobby where you spend time making something and you get to share it with friends and family. Well, I got laid off. This was the recession in 09 and I really hit the bar and restaurant scene pretty hard in Houston and really kind of realized how much I enjoyed the food and beverage industry. And I told my folks, I want to open up a restaurant. And they're like, great idea. Go back to school. And so uh, I applied to the University of Houston and uh, enrolled in the master's program in hotel and restaurant management. And it was my time there. I'm still home brewing. And I actually met my current business partner. His name is Aaron Corsi. He was a graduate assistant in the brewing, winemaking, and distilling class at the university, at the Hilton College. Um, And so in lieu of a thesis for my master's program, I requested if I could do a business plan instead. And they consulted with the MBA program that I was enrolled in at the time as well. And they both agreed to it. And so uh, I was able to do a business plan and what morphed and started as a restaurant really eventually was like evolving into a brew pub, but with the laws of the time in Texas, and we can go down that road in a bit, um, it didn't really make much sense to do a brew pub. So I eliminated the food component and started working on a business plan for a production microbrewery in Houston, Texas. I finished grad school. I partnered with Aaron, who is a fellow student, master student and graduate assistant. He's currently a professor at the university teaching brewing, winemaking and distilling. But um, we wrote the, I wrote the business plan, we raised capital and we opened our doors in 2013. Um, I've been brewing quite a bit of beer ever since. Wow, the, yeah, I, I'm curious if I may. Uh, I, uh, I, you're, you're, ta- you're talking about the the laws, Texas, and and I'm, I was following the timeline of what you were saying that you started going to school in 2009, opened your place in 2013, and I read something about how the laws changed in in Texas in a significant way in 2011. That that factor into your making this all easier for you. It sure did. Um, I think the law, it may have changed in 11, but I don't think it went into effect. Actually, I know it didn't go into effect until 2013, but I think you're correct. I think the legislative session was in 11 and it didn't get effective until 13. But ultimately, before 2013, breweries in Texas could not sell beer from their facility. You had to pay for a tour and with it came free beer kind of work around, right? But it was very just prohibitive from really running a successful brewery and tasting room. So we opened up in 2013 before the law change and, you know, we're doing the whole tour thing, right? Come in, pay a few bucks and comes with some free beer tokens. Well, about six months after we opened, the laws changed and we were effectively able to start selling beer on site. 
you know, no, no more tours. You want a beer? We can sell you the beer. Uh, so that was definitely one of the big catalysts that kind of sparked the growth in Houston. Um, and in Texas, um, you know, when we opened up our doors in 2013, we were the sixth brewery in the city of Houston. Um, when I was in grad school, the, the what really struck my my mind and, and caught my attention was we're the fourth largest city in America, five plus million people, and at that time there were two breweries in the city of Houston. And that's when I kind of knew there's a disconnect here. You know, this seems Texas was a top five beer consuming state, but it was a bottom five beer production state. To me, that was a huge gap in the market and opportunity. So we were the sixth to open in 2013. And last count, uh, you nailed it on the head. It's approximately 60 breweries in the greater Houston region. Let's take a beer break. Well, today I thought it might be fun to take a coffee break since we're drinking this delicious Vietnamese coffee porter. And I don't know if any of you have ever had Vietnamese coffee, but it's something I used to drink in New York all the time. It's basically just really strong coffee with condensed milk. And apparently in Vietnam, fresh milk was really hard to come by. So that's why they started using condensed milk. Plus it adds a delicious amount of sweetness to the coffee as well. And coffee was first introduced in Vietnam in 1857. It was discovered by a Catholic priest from France. So that's kind of cool. And Vietnam is now the world's second largest producer of coffee. So this is one of their largest exports. They also produce a lot of rice as well, but coffee is a huge export for them. And it actually accounts for 18% of all the coffee that's being distributed around the world. So cheers to them for making great coffee and cheers to 8th Wonder for taking this play on Vietnamese coffee and putting it in their delicious porter. Let's get back to the episode. If someone wants to go to your brewery, what do you think they're going to be mostly, uh, what should they look for first? Of course. Uh, so our flagship is a beer called Dome Foam. Dome Foam is our throwback cream ale. Kind of just pays tribute to the kind of light suds that were once served at the Astrodome. Throwback cream ale, basically it's a pre-prohibition style cream ale, true to the recipe. There's a little bit of corn in the recipe, but it's a craft version of a cream ale. You know, it's, it's got a little bit more body, a little bit more hop bites, uh, not over the top, but it's not your quote unquote light beer. Uh, but this is our flagship, brew a lot of dome foam. Uh, Rocket Fuel is definitely a very sought after beer of ours, as you mentioned. Here in uh, East Downtown, where the brewery is located, this is the original Chinatown of Houston, Asia Town of Houston, and uh, there was a lot of businesses, restaurants um, that of, are of Asian descent, and a lot of banh mi shops and Vietnamese coffees. And I can tell you, this brewery was fueled on a lot of banh mi's and Vietnamese coffees, and we wanted to do brew a beer that paid tribute to the Vietnamese iced coffee in Houston. And so we brewed rocket fuel. You know, a, a Vietnamese coffee is really any dark robust coffee that is sweetened with condensed milk. The most common, I guess, bean or, or varietal of coffee is a French roast. But again, it really could be, it could be Brazilian, it could be Ethiopian, it could be, you know, wherever 
it's just strong, robust, and then it's sweetened with that condensed milk. So we wanted to brew a beer that kind of mimicked that flavor profile. So we thought a porter would be a nice base beer. By design, we wanted this to be sessionable, 5%. You'll see most of our beers are below 6.5% by design. We're in Houston, Texas. It's 98 degrees, nine months a year here. You know, we drink a good amount of beer and, uh, you know, can have a few more beers responsibly over a session, not getting too full uh, with some milder ABV. So we knew we we're going to do this coffee porter, wanted it milder, right around 5%. Picked this porter, very tasty, delicious base recipe. And then we partnered with Greenway Coffee Company, a, a premium local uh, coffee roaster here in town and worked with them to develop this beer. You know, we let people know if you're sensitive to coffee or lactose, this is your warning because there's a decent <laughs> amount of both. So is there caffeine in the uh, rocket fuel Vietnamese coffee porter? So we can't um, confirm nor deny that. Um, let me just say <laughs> it has coffee, which is known to carry uh, that C word. As you probably know by now, our podcast is done in the form of a live stream. All of our live audience members get to tune in in the chat and ask any question that comes to mind. We just had a great question from one of our live audience members. Let's see what it is. Uh, sure. Someone wants to know a little bit more about the Irish coffee, the uh, barrel-aged version of the, of yes. the Rocket Fuel. Great question. I think that's from Joel. And uh, Rock Fuel, big hit, one of our most sought-after beers. We got tapped on the shoulder by Jameson the one, the only Irish whiskey to join their pretty exclusive castmates program. They select uh, 20 to 30 breweries a year. And we've been a participating brewery with them for about four years now. So very honored to have that relationship with them. But ultimately they reached out to us. Hey, would you like to be part of our castmates program? We asked, well, tell us what that entails. We're like basically we're going to ship you freshly emptied barrels of whiskey to your brewery and you get to fill them up with some beers. And we said, yeah, that sounds like something we want to do. <laughs> we knew we had to do something with rocket fuel. We knew it, but we also knew that a 5% rocket fuel was probably not going to hold up in those barrels. So we developed an Imperial version. We basically doubled the alcohol. It's about 10.2% alcohol. And then yes, we, throw them in some Jameson whiskey barrels and let the magic do its magic. And that beautiful beer is called Viet Irish Coffee, a play on an Irish coffee. It's got our Vietnamese coffee porter in there. We've released that two, three years in a row now and I've sold out every single time. Um, we have some more sitting in barrels and we'll release some hopefully in the next few weeks, maybe a few months. Yeah, well, I think I'm booking my plane tickets now. Me too. What 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 was the inspiration? I think you said this, something had to do part of it with your partner's background, but what made you decide to branch out into having a distillery? Absolutely. Um, you know, we it'd been something we've been talking about for a few years. And yes, my business partner is a brewer. He teaches brewing, winemaking, and distilling at the University of Houston. Um, so he has extensive knowledge. I mean, he's a scientist behind this. I'm I'm a pretty strong home brewer and i mean but i haven't brewed on our system in years okay i am not the i'm not the head brewer here i'm not operation side i'm more branding uh marketing pr side of things 
Aaron, this is his skill set. This is what he knows. This is what he studied. And honestly, distilling is really a natural evolution and progression of brewing. You need brewing equipment to distill and you're pretty much making a beer first and then distilling it into a stronger spirit. So it's a very natural evolution of what we do. And ultimately, yeah, we started as brewers, but we're beverage makers. And so we make, you know, 20 plus different types of beer at any given time. We've got four to five different distilled spirits. We're in the non-alcoholic hemp beverage business as well. You guys make a non-alcoholic seltzer with Delta 8 THC in it, right? One of our top selling beverages. It's insane, the demand for this. We're making a CBD version and a Delta 8. Uh, Delta 8 is definitely an adult beverage. CBD is... Um, not necessarily an adult beverage. We would say 18 and up, um, but for the Delta 8s, 21 and up. Yes, zero calorie, non-alcoholic, hemp-derived Delta 8. Um, it's a wonderful product, and it kind of just further expands our um, kind of beverage line here. But uh, to answer your question, in 2018, we were able to open up uh, our distillery, uh, and it's located right across the street from the brewery. Yeah. I mean, so do you think that these non-alcoholic THC seltzers, do you think this is going to kind of be the next trend just to touch on that? If demand is any indicator, yes. There's definitely going to be a lot of bureaucratic legislative hurdles to overcome. Uh, We've already had to deal with some, you know, so basically the 2018 farm bill legalized hemp and all hemp derivatives. Okay. That happened in 2018 on a federal level. You know, since then, a lot of uh, research and development has gone into the industry and there's been a lot of discovery, although many of these have already been discovered for a while, but just more more research, more discovery, more um, awareness on all these other minor cannabinoids found in the hemp plant. Delta-8 was uh, has been discovered. It is a naturally occurring minor cannabinoid in the plant. You know, the major cannabinoid in cannabis that creates the intoxicating or euphoric effects is called, on a molecular basis, is called Delta-9 tetrahydrocannabinol or Delta-9 THC, or as what we always once knew it as, THC. But now all these other minor cannabinoids have been brought to the surface, uh, CBD being a very prominent one. That's primarily um, more therapeutic health and wellness claims resolving that, uh, surrounding that, you know, maybe feelings and sensations of calmness, um, you know, relaxation. But this Delta-8 THC, it's essentially the kid brother to Delta-9 THC, and it's a milder, um, enjoyable adult intoxicants. To answer your question, Molly, we are getting inquiries from all over the country. It was legalized in Texas. Then they, out of nowhere, criminalized it for three weeks. Then a judge issued a restraining order and temporary injunction, and it's legal again. So, I mean, in all honesty, it's kind of up in the air as to where its long-term standing is. We're hoping that this is the floodgate that kind of opens up the entire cannabis and hemp industry, at least in Texas, because Texas is pretty far behind with respect to this. But look, it's not, again, we are brewers, distillers, and beverage makers. This is just one product in our portfolio. But, um, you know, we started with good old-fashioned oat soda 
fermented oat soda, you know? Um, and we like making beverages of all different kinds. And uh, something we pride ourselves at Eighth Wonder is we try to offer something for everyone, both with respect to our beverages, as well as our events and branding. And so it's, you know, a lot of people say you can't please everyone. We know that, but we do want to try to offer something for everyone. And uh, we feel that at Eighth Wonder, you can find something that you're going to like. Yeah. You guys also make a kombucha ale too, right? Oh yeah. I noticed that. We do. So um, we had a brewer here. Um, he was a former head brewer here who his wife founded a kombucha company called Kickin Kombucha. Happy to give them a shout out. Excellent product. Great people. Local, delicious kombucha. For those not familiar, that's a non-alcoholic fermented tea. Jason has since left Eighth Wonder to go and help run the company because they're growing and doing great things down there. But since we had this relationship, we you know started carrying their kombucha on tap. And surprisingly, we would move a lot of kombucha. You know, people come to our brewery. Not everyone wants to drink a beer, right? Plenty of people would like something else, um, believe it or not. And so uh, found that kombucha was moving well, and it's a standard. Uh, we have at least two taps of different flavored kombucha, kicking kombucha on tap pretty much at any given time. But the idea, and this was, I don't know, easily four plus years ago, we wanted to do a little kind of kombucha beer blend. And so we brewed a beer and blended it in with kombucha and it's a delicious beverage. Um, interestingly enough, we had kind of stopped making it. And now all of a sudden I'm seeing all these boozy kombuchas popping up. I'm like, huh, maybe we, uh, maybe we need to bring that back out. <laughs> I love, I love kombucha. I honestly love all fermented beverages. I love beer. I love wine. I love kombucha. So I think that's really cool. And Ryan, I'm curious, what is your ideal day off in Houston? You know, I really do like going down to Asia town in Southwest Houston. I mean, miles upon miles of incredible restaurants and cafes and ice cream shops and, you know, take the family down there and just get lost in, in the restaurants and the culture down there. It's, it's really a lot of fun and it's delicious. Um, we have some really nice parks here. Not a lot of people associate that with Houston, but we have some very beautiful parks, both inside the city and in surrounding uh, parts of the city. So getting outside. Um, yeah, I said it's 98 degrees, nine months a year here, but I know nothing else. You know, I born on the bayou here in Houston, moved to the swamp in New Orleans for a few years and came right back to the bayou. So I, I know nothing else but uh, hot and humid. Um, so I don't just try to get out as much as possible. And get active, play, play sports, exercise, try to sweat this beer off. Ryan, as we wrap up here, it is time for our rapid fire questions. We change these up every single month. I'm ready. All right. Barrel aged stouts or pastry stouts? I'm going barrel aged stouts. I'm going to go with you on that one. Although I will say a couple of days ago, I had a really great thing where it had both in one uh, for one of your competitors in Fort Worth. So I won't mention their name. Uh, I, can but guess. I can guess it's Martin House Brewing. Last Girl Scout. Martin yeah. House though, right? Yeah, yeah. But the name yeah, of the, those, name of the, those guys brew some really fun, cool beers. Um, yeah, it was definitely 12% <laughs> with, you know? with Thin Mint cookies in it. Ooh, that sounds good. Yeah, uh, what it was. Uh, okay, uh, what's the best beer you've had recently? I had a really tasty hibiscus goza. Absolutely. Cool. Oh, my God. That sounds so, so good. I love hibiscus. Any New Year's beer resolutions? 
you know, continue for us is to continue to brew high quality beer um, on a, at a consistent basis, have fun and introduce some small one-off and fun things at the tap room and draw people to the tap room. Uh, you know, really expand our market with the spirits. You know, I showed a little teaser bottle of some of our whiskey. We have a brand new bourbon whiskey in collaboration with a James Beard award-winning chef going to be released in uh, a month or so. So really excited about that. And uh, we'll see where the wonderful world of Wonder Water takes us, um, getting, as I mentioned, a lot of inquiries all over the state and throughout the nation. So the New Year's resolutions is keep brewing as much beverages as we can. Cool. I think that's a great resolution. I do too. And I have faith in you that you will achieve all of them. What is the beer style that you think best represents Texas? In Texas, if it's light yellow and fizzy, it's going to be a number one selling beer. Love it. Beer you'd be most excited to see under the Christmas tree. St. Arnold's Christmas sale really is classic tried and true. You know, it, it, it gets the job done and gets you in that holiday spirit. Ryan, it's been an absolute pleasure having you. Is there anything you'd like to plug? Um, no, just come visit us down here in Houston. Uh, check out Eighth Wonder Brewery, Distillery, um, and ch- support all the other local Houston breweries and Texas breweries throughout, and all the rest of the great uh, craft breweries in America. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You guys have had a tough past year and a half. And I have to say, Eighth Wonder was so fun. I really had the best time there. You have a bartender there, Jacques, who was incredibly sweet. He's been there for five years and he was so kind and so knowledgeable. I just honestly had the best time there. I'm going to pass that on to him. Yeah, please do. Another great episode is in the books. Ryan was such an awesome guest. Tune in next week as we speak with Tara Love, the owner at Social Beer Garden in Houston, and drink the proper pills from Spindle Tap Brewery. I cannot wait to share next week's episode with you. See you all then. Thank you all so much for tuning in. It's always a blast having a beer with you. Don't forget to sign up for the Bruise Less Traveled Beer Club, and this way you'll get the beers I've been drinking delivered right to your doorstep. Plus, exclusive access to our weekly live streams. You can also follow Bruvana on Instagram and me as well at Molly underscore Bruise Less Traveled. I always love hearing from you guys, especially if it's a beer recommendation. So keep the messages coming. Cheers.